beautiful Ashland, Oregon. I am Pleiadian Emissary of Light, Caroline Ra. Thank you all for joining me today. Welcome to Spirit of the Dawn. It was early in 2008 that I gathered some measure of bravery and began to embark on a new journey to grow a new Caroline and to develop skills and open doors I could not even imagine. More than life-changing, my new journey was exquisite and powerful. My first stop on that journey was to study with my guest today, Nikki Scully. I cannot even fathom how that affected everything that came after. I participated in levels one and two of her alchemical healing classes. A new Caroline was born from that experience and I can think of no better catalyst for personal transformation than Nikki Scully. Her mastery of alchemy, her warmth, her humor and her brilliance all shared in a very systematic fashion so all students are engaged and experience their own personal transformation. Nikki has authored and co-authored several outstanding books, Alchemical Healing, Shamanic Mysteries of Egypt, The Anubis Oracle, and The Union of Isis and Thoth. She has been the mentor to many future alchemists and healers and led numerous tours to Egypt so that others may experience the power of the Egyptian Neteru, the temples, and the land. Today, we will be discussing Nikki's latest offering, Sekhmet, Transformation in the Belly of the Goddess, wherein the initiate participates in a life-changing journey facilitated by the lioness goddess Sekhmet. Through a magical process of rites, empowerments, and journeys, one is transformed with new purpose and vibrancy. We experience our own personal rebirth and thus contributing to the rebirth of our planetary home. I am delighted to welcome back to Spirit of the Dawn, Nikki Scully. Nikki, thank you so much for joining with us today. Thank you so much for having me, Caroline. Nikki, um, first, I want to wish you a very happy birthday. You just had the honor of celebrating your 75th, which is really cool. And you have packed a lot into your 75 years. So congratulations. <laughs> you. <laughs> You've lived six or seven lifetimes. <laughs> Pretty amazing. It's been a wild ride. Nikki, uh, this book is absolutely amazing. I've had an amazing experience working with Sekhmet. She is still with me. We still work together every day. And um, uh, it's been unusual and joyful for me really joyful are you, um are you in her belly i'm in her belly and you know she comes she's there if i say or do anything that is something that doesn't feel right for me anymore i don't want to be that person anymore who says that thing or experiences life that way she comes and she starts clawing at things she picks a lot and um <laughs> You know, I have eight cats, so cats, I, I know cats really well. I'm around cat energy all the time, so it just feels so good. Now, please share with us, who is Sekhmet? <sighs> okay, well, since you are Caroline Ra. I'm Caroline Ra. <laughs> she is, first and foremost, the feminine face of the sun. So she is the daughter of Ra, some say she's the eye of Ra. But she is the one that he calls on when things get out of whack on the planet. Mm 
and in her myth, the way it was translated, the last time the world was, well, I don't think it was quite this precarious, but it was pretty bad. There was a lot of disrespect and people were no longer honoring Ra, no longer doing the appropriate uh, ceremonies. And he was, he was upset. So he called on his daughter Sekhmet and asked her to go down and take care of those upstart humans. So she came onto the planet, incarnated on the planet in whatever way she did at that time. And she was so taken aback and upset by what she saw, the way people treated one another and the, the way they treated the planet that in her fierce rage, which came from her empathy and compassion, she just started murdering everybody. And the carnage that followed appeared unstoppable. So in this myth, according to the way it was translated, um, Ra called on Thoth, because he's the god of wisdom and the one with the solutions, and asked to, you know, what he could do because he didn't want to lose the humans that he had created because he loved them. And she was going to kill them all. So he told Ra to have his priests and priestesses make 8,000 vats, I think it was, of barley beer spiked with mandrake root and pomegranate juice to look like blood and I think it had some blue lotus and some other things in it, <laughs> a few other things. And the idea, according to the translation, was that then the, the potion would be, the beer would be poured out and puddled around her while, while she was taking a nap. And she would wake up and drink it and think it was blood and gorge herself until she was so drunk she wouldn't be able to kill anymore. Now, do you believe that? Yes, I believe. I believe it exactly. <laughs> Girl, no, um, I I love the story, and, and I know it's shared in the book, and I really love it. And I can take it on many levels. You can you can really well, take it on many levels. Consider Sekhmet, this powerful lioness goddess, the top of the food chain, who has very clear discriminating faculties. You don't think she knows the difference between <laughs> beer and blood? No, I know. My cats would understand the difference. <laughs> well, what I believe happened and what she has, you know, supported in my own idea of a more modern translation would be that it was a psychedelic brew and that she went from rage to love. And walked away. Right. Didn't want anything to do with it. And then Thoth had to go and cajole her because we need her because she is the guardian of Ma'at. And Ma'at is both the concept and the goddess with the single ostrich feather, the winged goddess of truth, balance, harmony, um, cosmic law. And when that law is defiled as it is being now on the planet, then it's Sekhmet's time. 
Only this time, she's coming in, I'm sure in a variety of ways, one of which is through this book, so that she can find her warriors and train them. So when you're in her belly, when you're going through that alchemy of the book, you're being reconstituted. First, you're being brought down to your essence. So there's a shamanic death. And then the illumination is the reconstruction and the regeneration. And then the rebirth, you come out as an adult um, warrior for the goddess Sekhmet. And you don't serve her, you are her. You recognize she lives in you just as you are now living in her. And that relationship won't go away when you've completed the, the alchemy, done the ceremonies, and, and emerged. You'll always have that intimacy with her. Nikki, experiencing the book is so powerful. There was, um, there was a part of the book where I, um, you know, part of the book is you're merging with her, with Sekhmet, and I started moving my arms like I was a cat walking. And then in the next paragraph, you say, okay, we're going for a walk. And, you know, and I, I was doing it already before I got into that paragraph. I was already merged with her doing the cat motions. I loved it. Wow. That happens a lot. <laughs> oh, good. The book is not only powerful, it's beautifully written. And there's lots of people's input into this book. How did it come to be? How many years of Sekhmet and working with Sekhmet and working with others went into this? I think she first appeared, I think it was about 1997 when I was teaching in Switzerland. And it was, it was really an interesting way because she came through medicine Buddha. I was, uh, which is the part of the Avalokiteshvara lineage of compassion. So all of the compassionate um, beings like Chen Rezi and Tara and White Buffalo Calf Woman and Sekhmet and Kuan Yin, they're all part of the same lineage. And medicine Buddha I was, I was given a special jewel pill that I had to repeat his mantra over and over and over again while all wrapped up in a blanket and sweating and it had to be prepared in the dark of night on an auspicious full moon. And it was, a, it was kind of a big deal, but I was told it was very subtle. But it wasn't subtle at all. In fact, at, it was, you know, I'm an old psychedelic trooper. You know, I started in 1964, so I was in the vanguard of that whole movement. And we didn't really have teachers at that time, so we were kind of on our own. But um, part of shamanism is that shamanic death, illumination, and rebirth. And when I, and that's also part of the psychedelic experience, if you're lucky enough to get that far with it. 
And that night on what was supposed to be a very subtle Tibetan medicine, I experienced the smoothest death, so much so that I was on the phone with my husband in Oregon and I was in Switzerland and I had to, and I felt the numbness coming through my body as everything, you know, was going away. And I finally said, excuse me, Mark, to my husband, you know, I have to hang up now because I'm dying. I'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that is amazing. You must have been ready for what was coming. You must have been ready. And that the next day, the teaching started coming in. Wow. With my partner, who is a psychiatrist in Switzerland, a Jungian psychiatrist, and she was the first visionary. And I'm not a visionary, I'm a catalyst. Mm -hmm. You know, my husband's a visionary. That's how we wrote Planetary Healing. That's 25 years of our visioning together. But the Sekhmet work came in over the years for a number of people. I think there's like 10 pages of acknowledgements in that book because to try and remember all the people that contributed to it right. and, and credit them appropriately because I could not have done that myself. It's a planetary healing work. And um, so it took, it took a planet. <laughs> really so um we mentioned earlier that you asked if i was in her belly um let's explain a little bit about the part of of the the alchemy of how entrance. you get to the belly yeah how you get to the belly and why it's so important and how you're not really losing your your yourself you're gaining your true self and you know, and, and an improved version. So it's, um, it's a delicious and joyful process. And uh, well, the most important part of the process is the preparation because you, you tie knots. And this, my Egyptologist was watching me when I was doing this in Egypt one time a number of years ago when I did the whole process. And he finally, he said, look, where did you get this? I said, what do you mean? Guy from Sekhmet, of course. He said, the people still do this. In rural Egypt, they still do this. They still do these knots and then they make dolls out of them. And then they, you know, they put in what they want to change and then they burn them. Wow. And so the way this works, we, we tie knots for all the lessons in our lives, all the things we want to change about ourselves, all the prayers we want to make for the world, all our gratitude for the lessons that we've learned and the gifts we've been given. And the more you put into that, the deeper you go within yourself until you uncover things that you couldn't possibly remember. And then that brings up more and more and you tie all these knots. And when you're ready, then you take them on this journey to her chapel at Karnak, where this, the, the statue that this painting of us lives in Karnak in a statue. It's been there for 3,500 years. 
and you stand before her and you make her the offering and you think she's going to, Noel, by now you know what's going to happen. She devours <laughs> you and the offering. And then you immediately start digesting and you go through the whole process of, um, of being digested, of being reduced to your essence. And then there's like a passing through the eye of the needle and suddenly it's time to reconstruct. But it's a co-creation with Sekhmet and she takes you through all these journeys, your skeletal system, your meridian system, your um, endocrine system, your nervous system, all the networks. And you are both physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually recreated. And then when you're ready, you emerge as a full adult daughter of this goddess. And you walk with her. You're not less than, you're not more than, but you, you are the hands, you have the hands. You can do the work, you can make things happen. Yes. And you learn the discrimination to know when to be silent and when to speak. You learn, there's just so much that you learn. Linus is a very intelligent being. There's no mistake that she's the top of the food chain. Nikki, throughout the book, um, we journal throughout the book. What is yes. the importance of journaling in terms of um, the entire experience and the, uh, having, getting the most out of the experience? Because the experiences come in pieces, sometimes you'll have an experience that you won't really fully understand, but you want to keep track of every detail because what emerges by the end is a cohesive story of your transformation, which allows you the ability to um to carry it forward to remember it to go back to it and what's surprising me is how many people are doing it for a second and a third time oh yeah i'm already I, planning on it yeah i, I thought it was going to be a one-off and then people are coming back and saying when are you going to do lead it again i want you to do it so i'm doing um video classes where I take people through the whole book and we have a forum so people can talk to each other and support each other and I'll weigh in on it. And so my next class is actually September 10th. And September I'll, 10th. Okay. And that's 2018. Okay. 2018. I'm, and yeah. I'm going to do six sessions. Maybe, maybe I'll add one if we don't have enough time. And, and people, money. yeah. Monday and Thursday evenings. Okay, and uh, to learn more about that, uh, visit shamanicjourneys.com. 
Yes. Yes. And uh, I very much feel it's the kind of um, book I would want to do every year. I would really want to do it Interesting. every year <laughs> I love uh, it. because I feel there's so much, um, there's just so many, it, it's so layered and so deep and so fun. Um, my favorite part in the whole book were the, the wraiths and the journey to the land of false hopes and broken dreams. I have never seen that in all the books I've read or the teachers I've worked with. I've never had that experience. It was powerful for me. I will share what, what, what my experience Please. was. Um, my experience completely was about, it, we're back in 19, late 1970s, and I'm um, in late, you know, I'm a college student at UC Davis, and totally screwing up, doing anything you could do to get the worst grades and just totally mess up your life. And um, I'm doing it. I'm doing whatever you could do. Um, I went there with huge plans and just had no skills. And what I learned was that I have, when, when I'm regained by all these, these hopes and dreams, and um, which were rather big ones, I realized that all these years I've been beating up that uh, girl who I was. And I've been mad at her, and I haven't been fair to her, and I have been angry with her, and I have been judging her, and I have not uh, appreciated her. And it was this wonderful reunion with my hopes and dreams and the skills and wisdom that I have being, you know, 40 years older than that or even older. And um, so it was an amazing experience. Um, really honoring that girl who I was, who wasn't ready for uh, being 3,000 miles away from home, uh, not doing a very good job with it, and didn't have the skills to navigate college. Um, you sound like me. <laughs> college isn't for everybody, Nikki. <laughs> Two so, and a half years was all I could handle. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah, that was about what I did. And, um, <laughs> you know, uh, so I learned a lot through that, but I had never um, really revisited in a healthy way that experience. And this journey allowed me that healthy reunion with uh, a young not really very wise in some ways and very wise in other ways, a uh, young woman who I was. And uh, thank you. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that. That in all the journeys, I tell people to um, write in their journal afterwards. But after that one, I asked them to write an essay. Mm. And it's because of the depth of that experience for people. There's so much there for them. And the essays, well, you can see that in, at the end of each chapter, they're sharing from right, different right. people. Yeah. And uh, um, a lot of that came from the essays that people sent to me. It's an important part of the book. It's, it helps with the, all the co-creation and you're never alone reading the book. It's not a lonely, it's not a lonely feeling. 
in the book. You're very supported in your transformation. And I really want to thank you for that because people are going to be going through a lot of things that maybe some unexpected when they read it. And um, to get that support all throughout it is very valuable to the initiate. And like I said, anybody who is going through it, you don't have to wait for me to give a class. You can go through it on your own or with friends. Um, And just email me and I'll send you an invitation to the forum so that if you have questions or need support, me or some of the other people who've been going through this can, can help you. That's wonderful. That's really beautiful. Nikki, why did it, you make it optional to go to the Akashic Records? What, what, why did you do that? Why did you make it an option? Well, first of all, it wasn't me. I mean, all of this came from Sekhmet through various people. Right. Um, and all that's written in the acknowledgments. But um, how I see it, because I always thought everybody would want to say yes until I led people through and realized, no, some people want that blind destiny. Mm. And I know, I, I have always felt like I took the challenge of this life with a blindfold over my eyes and my hands tied behind my back. And which is to say that I said no to it and just let the chips fall and dealt with them as best as I could, made some horrible mistakes, <laughs> learned from them and kept going forward. I tried not to make the same mistakes twice because <laughs> it was always harder the second time. But, um, now I have friends that say yes and that have that access and a lot of friends who have it naturally and didn't even realize that there were people in the world like me that didn't have it. And um, they have to deal with the responsibility of knowing what's coming and knowing what's happening but that also gives them a glimpse into the possibility of what they can do to change things. And I think that's really important. And yet I talk to so many people that are so sensitive that they can't really deal with what's happening right now. You know, and, and for them, maybe it's better not to know. I don't know, but it's a choice that people get to make and they get to make it quite thoughtfully and they can always change it. Right. Right. They can change their mind and go back. That's not all journeys are like that, but that particular journey and that particular journey can also be done on its own. Whereas most of the journeys really have to be done in consequence. But there are a couple, the fear journey and, and the Akashic record journey that you can do on your own without doing the, the rest of the book. 
Right. Thank you for that explanation. That was really helpful for people listening to understand that it is how they want it to be and they don't have to, there's no have to's of what they have to do in terms of the Akashic records and, you know. Or anything. Yeah. Really. Yeah. But, but the, the, what happens is the more you learn from an experience like this, the more you choose to say yes, because you realize that you have something to contribute. Yeah. For, for me, the Akashic Records is very unusual experience. Um, I knew when we hit that part of the book, I was like, you know, all in. I was all in. I was like, yes. I was like getting, you know, it was just like 100%. I'm in. Let's do this. And um, I've, I'm very visual. I've seen into a lot of people's Akashic Records, my own Akashic Records. So being in that world was very normal for me. It's a normal world for me. It's, it's a comfortable world for me and one that I love and always have found helpful. And what awaited me was, um, I'm, was life-changing and amazing and uh it was incredible and thank you and <laughs> that's about what I'll, I'll say about it it was it was it was a continuation a lot of ways of the first work that i had done with you 10 years ago it was almost as if a story uh had picked up again uh the thread had picked up again and the uh the thread it was amazing and there we were and um it was so yeah very amazing well i'm glad that you are <laughs> I, i'm glad you're experiencing this while we're doing this interview that's very exciting to me because it's so much uh richer when you can give me feedback than me just trying right. to tell you yeah. about it and right no i'm yeah. i'm like in her belly i'm real excited i'm <laughs> i'm having fun um i'm loving it uh <laughs> yeah, I hope segments enjoying it also. I think it's it's definitely um wonderful and I'm sure that we do have a closeness um in that I'm a soul aspect of Ra, so we're definitely have that closeness. Um but so yeah, very fun. Um I'm looking through my notes. Uh one of the things that is a mission that you and Mark share is planetary transformation and you've written a beautiful book about that um our planetary own healing planetary healing for global transformation which yes includes a cd yes that is really one of the best things i've ever produced i would totally agree with you every time i you enter my world something major shifts <laughs> it's like that was interesting. After that book, I, I said, oh, I'm going to move to Oregon. I'm, I'm leaving here. I'm moving to Ashland. Come on, kids, let's go. And, you know, it was like, there's always a huge shift because I think that certain fears I have just kind of get um, a lot of light shined on them and a lot of love and they kind of dissolve. So in a lot of ways are brought back into the whole. Um, our own personal transformations are very connected to planetary transformation and planetary healing. How does that work and why is that so important to you? Well, I think that this is probably the first time in history as we know it, 
that the planet itself is in such peril and the uh, the injustice that's happening all over the world is it's it's unbearable and those of us who have chosen to see what's happening are really struggling with how to deal with it and the beauty of having a book like Sekhmet is is you get shown what you can do and but you do have to show up and and that's we all have to show up right now because the planet depends on it all those incarcerated children depend on it you know so whether you write your congressperson or whether you write your your editor or whether you write a book like a book that was just sent to me a book of messages um morning messages that would profoundly affect everyone's day if they had it um and i will endorse it it's by peggy black um we we have to do something we can't just idly watch this train wreck coming or else we'll be responsible what will we tell our grandchildren if we and they survive that's really what it gets down to you know i've got six grandkids and i'm horrified at what they're facing So we got to do something. Thank you for sharing that, Nikki. Yeah, I know it comes from deep in your heart. It's an important part of your work. Very important. Nikki, uh, you, you sort of make believe you're retired, but um, you're more active than most people who are not retired. <laughs> so you're spending more time with your grandchildren, which is lovely, but you're also still contributing so much to your volume of work. Um, what, what is on the horizon? What are you working on? What is going on? Um, I'm helping Mark get his book out and we're going to put it out probably through a blog because it's short stories. It's, I think it will be called stumbling into history. And I mean, the things he's experienced in his travels to more than 40 countries are, pretty mind-boggling just the timing and what he knows that just isn't out there but he happened to be there right. and um so that's that's my favorite project and then of course we do the planetary healing calls to action which are free calls that you just find out about if you're on my mailing list and i send out invitations um I don't see another book of my own coming because that that really is a lot. I I want to I I want to support the Sekhmet work. I want to support the Union of Isis and Thoth work because that's the building of the inner temple, which is I think also very important. And um, and I'll always teach alchemical healing. 
I yes. just can't stop. But there's a, at least there's a lots of other teachers that are teaching alchemical healing and some right. that are starting to teach Sekhmet from the lineage. You know, I, I know somebody wanted to, went through her belly once and wanted to go out and teach it. And it's like, no, you know, you don't, you don't do that once and suddenly become an expert on the Egyptian mix, mysteries. Right. But the lineage holders are allowed to take people through it. And you can do it in circles as long as they're leaderless. Mm, so, mm -hmm, so you're mm -hmm. just supporting one another as you go right. through it. And then tie in with me if you need help. That's beautiful. That's really beautiful. Nikki, I know that so many people have gone with you to Egypt. And I know that you have passed the baton. I did. Uh, tell us about that, because I think that's really special and a beautiful thing to have done. So Indigo Ron Love came to me in my life during a planetary healing, no, during, a, during a class, alchemical healing, I think it was. And I put out that I needed some help because I was in a lot of pain and I was trying to finish writing planetary healing. And she put up her hand and said, look, I just live a few blocks away. I can give you a few hours a week or a couple of days a week or whatever it was. And she just blew my mind. I dictated to her the journey and she came back with, intelligent feedback and I mean she was brilliant she was generous and she became my protege and then she started assisting me in Egypt and then pretty soon she took over leading the trips to Egypt and then just in the last couple of weeks we signed over the papers so I'm not going to do any more tours She'll do all the tours with her company called Mysteries of Egypt, and I will support her. Beautiful. Continue to support her. And That's her, her for the last Shamanic Journeys tour is this September, and there's a waiting list for it. And her first tour is in March of 2019. Yeah, early March, March 1st to 14th, I believe, That's 2019. Correct. Yeah. Yes. And then your, so, your, la your final Shaponic Journeys last tour will be September 11th to 24th, and there's a waiting list for that. Right. And if, if you get hold of me, I'll pass you over to Indigo and, uh, if you're interested in tours. Right, right. Um, wow. We have had such an amazing time talking with Nikki Scully. She's an author, an alchemist, a brilliant teacher. Um, we've been we talking. What? We yeah. Have time for a quick journey. <laughs> yes, that would be amazing okay. to go to do the journey. That would be amazing. I would love that. I'll just do something really fast, and instead of trying to lead you through a journey, I'll let Sekhmet do it. But you have to tell me, how well can you see her eyes? Uh, right now, uh, pull it back a second. Pull it back. Very well. You can see her eyes very well. There. That's even better. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she's very, she's shaking, but very powerful. Okay. Can you see the, um, the upright uh, Vesica Piscus in her eyes? 
that sh that shape of the um, at the center of her eyes. Me. Hmm. A little bit, not really. Well, but you can kind of see the golden around it, right? Yes. Okay, so I want you to just take a couple of deep breaths and relax, those of you who are watching this. And if, if you're just listening and have no way to see it, uh, just go to my website where there's a picture of her and um, gaze into her eyes. And she will start um, breathing with you. It's like you offer her a breath and it goes through her and she offers it back to you. And with each breath, you get closer and closer until her eyes turn into liquid golden sunshine. And as the sunshine moves into your eyes, it moves starts moving through your body and everywhere where you have weakness or pain she'll stop and spend a little more time and at the same time I'm trying to fit a lot into this at the same time she's giving you messages and teachings answering your questions and bringing healing to your body, your mind, your soul, your spirit. And just allow that transmission to flow through you. And I know that we're short on time so she wants me to tell you that just by looking in her eyes, you can begin your relationship with her and determine if you want to get closer. But do come back because she doesn't have time right now to do everything she'd like to do for you. And so thank her. And then I'm going to slowly draw away. Wow. Thank you so much, Sekhmet. And thank you so much, Nikki. That was beautiful. What happened for you? Um, we were breathing into each other's hearts and um, it was just beautiful just beautiful yeah could you feel the sunlight going through your body um oh very much so oh yeah yeah i mean she her energy and the energy i always yes definitely yes <laughs> it's it's for me her energy and my energy there's we're close. It's like this total, total, uh, you know, it's so, it's so, um, feels so, uh, just natural, I guess would be, uh, the best word, um, to merge with her energies and to, um, get into that place. So yeah, <laughs> 
beautiful and powerful. And I'm, I'm looking forward to continuing uh, working with the book and revisiting it also through the years and uh, continuing with all the things that I've learned um, about my purpose here. And um, so thank you. It's such a joy to talk to you and to, to hear what kind of an impact our relationship has had on your life. That, yeah. That, yeah. that really feeds me. That's great. Well, I am, uh, I know I live just south of Nikki, three hours south of Nikki. And um, at one point, I don't know if she remembers it, she invited me to visit her. So I'm going to take her up on that at Please some do. point. Definitely. Um, Nikki, this has been an amazing time. Uh, we have been talking about Nikki's latest offering, Sekhmet Transformation in the Belly of the Goddess. And I invite all of you to visit the very beautiful shamanicjourneys.com to learn more about Nikki's work, her many books, and her offerings. Nikki, I'm hoping that you can share some closing words of wisdom with us today. This is no longer a time for slumbering. It's a time for activism. It's a time for each of us to wake up to who we are, to recognize that thoughts are things, and that with every thought we're co-creating reality. With every action, we're even more potently co-creating reality. And there's a huge responsibility that comes with knowing that. So stand up and be heard. Fantastic. That is so beautiful, Nikki. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. Deep gratitude to Brian, Zach, and Synergy for the use of their song, Embrace This Change. I thank all of you for joining with us today and invite you to visit spiritofthedawn.com for more inspirational interviews. Sending love from my home to yours, I am Pleiadian Emissary of Life, Caroline Roth.